When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can EVs go overlanding? Can they go out into the adventurous countryside, mountainside, deserts, and really be able to do all that exploring that ICE vehicles are able to do? And if so, how? And if so, what other products can help make that experience better? What do we need to make sure that EVs are good to go exploring? Welcome back to the Out of Spec podcast. Today, I am joined by our lovely colleague at Out of Spec, Ryan, and I'm Francie, of course. You've likely seen Ryan over on our other channels doing some great in-depth range testing and, you know, some deep analytical data dives. You're really great with the numbers and I really appreciate that. So thanks for coming onto the podcast today to talk about your recent experience with an overlanding event. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing great. I'm uh, really excited to be here and to share a little bit about my uh, experience with the Tread Academy Traction Series Overland Summit. Quite a name, but it was wow, a really cool opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you he- um, hear about it and and where exactly were you? It was an event out in Big Bear, California, and we were invited. Essentially, it was an opportunity for a lot of overlanding companies to get together and share their products out in the field, show what they're really like, and demonstrate them actually working. And uh, Mm -hmm. they invited a lot of different uh, media people, including myself, but of all different varieties, from magazines to YouTubers to everything. Very cool. Um, Yeah, I do... I did, you know, I got a little brief preview of what you got to check out, but it does sound like, of course, there is a, there are a lot of products that are really fun to use that help make the experience, you know, not so slumming it out when you're overlanding. And I'm really excited to dive into that and into the EV and battery aspect that, you know, you were able to check out at that time. I know that um, we, or I went to the overlanding event in Loveland, Colorado earlier this year, and I, I didn't know what to expect. And oh my gosh, there are incredible buildouts that people do tons of different products on the market. And the event was really actually quite 
larger than I expected it to be. So there's a lot to look at. Um, and in a lot of stuff more and more in the EV space. So I'd love to know a bit about who were the attendees of the event. Of course, the title sponsor was Optima Batteries, and that was really cool. They brought actually two different Rivians, an R1T and an R1S. And along with that, they were towing a huge 55 kilowatt hour battery behind it. And essentially, that was a setup that allowed you to use an EV uh, out and do some real overlanding with an EV and not have to worry too much about range. So mm. they brought along this massive 55 kilowatt hour battery. It also had water, a heater, so you've got all these amenities, but the big thing is that massive battery. So of course it can cover everything that you might need as far as electricity for charging things, uh, internet if you have that, all that stuff. But additionally, with such a big battery, there's enough to charge up your Rivian or other off-road vehicle that you bring along that happens to be electric. So you can huh. tow the battery along, get to your campsite, take your uh, vehicle out, do some real off-roading, and then come back and not have to worry too much about range because you'll have that big battery. Additionally, they had yeah. really great foresight in including a big one kilowatt solar installation on that battery. It's not quite big enough to give you like a full Rivian charge while you're out, but it's enough to cover like daily use for electronics, charging things, and it'll keep you topped off. It, it was really cool to see this, this product and the opportunities that it would allow for. Yeah. Okay. So, so there's an R1T and an R1S and behind each of those, there's a trailer with a battery. And that's kind of a funny picture because, you know, I see overlanding, cars that run on gas with like their gas cans, you know, or uh, gallons, can't remember what that word is. But um, yeah, and they're carrying those along, but instead it's towing a battery. So it is kind of a funny picture, right? Like not just something that you can slap onto the side of your truck, but tow along, which is something to consider, you know, it, it to, to bring along more battery energy. It's not just a small feat, um, but it does sound like they built in other amenities. So it's not just a battery on a trailer, which is important to consider, right? So it had the kitchen and everything with it as well. Right. Uh, kitchen, warm, uh, hot water. So a lot of nice things that okay, you would yeah. want when you're out, out on the trail. Yeah. Yeah. And to add a bit of those kind of luxuries as well. And so if you're using the battery or, you know, the solar to run kind of these amenities, then did you get an idea of how much would be left like realistically to be able to charge up your R1T, R1S or EV that you're taking out over landing? Yeah, so uh, we had a big campground. It was probably 50, 60 people, and they used those Optima batteries to run every single light, pretty much. And there were tons of lights, uh, pretty much everything for the entire campground. There was Starlink. Um, uh, occasionally, like people would charge up some some items, and those batteries and the kilowatt uh, one kilowatt solar panel were enough to keep it topped off. So. It's enough to do all the day-to-day -day stuff, but it won't top off your Rivian battery super effectively. Sure, but at least you can dedicate your battery and your EV to to that, to getting around and not have to use that for ancillary stuff. Okay, very exactly. interesting. Um, what uh, were, I wanna know about the batteries because of course we know typically, you know, we have the lithium ion in the EVs, but what about Optima? What were they offering? Because I can imagine that as a you know external battery, there might be different 
needs, you know, it's not running an EV. So did you get to learn about the battery chemistry and maybe why they chose different options or what they had there? Exactly. Yeah. I was super interested because when I was looking at some of Atoma's product offerings, they still have lead acid batteries. And in my understanding, mm -hmm. I always thought that lithium is just significantly better. It's better energy density, better charging, just all this stuff that's really good, what you would want from a battery. However, lithium batteries are relatively sensitive to extreme conditions. So if it's really hot or really cold, that could be problematic. And that's the reason why they still offer lead acid batteries. Those last lead acid batteries, while they're not as energy dense, they're extremely reliable and they work really well under extreme conditions. So say you're overlanding in the desert when it gets really hot during the day and really cold at night, that might be a really good uh, use case for a lead acid battery rather than lithium. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely have to think about that efficiency in different use cases. Um, so that's, that's cool. Yeah. I hadn't really considered how the lead acid could be better in that kind of circumstance, but it definitely makes sense. I wonder if any of our, um, viewers have gone overlanding. We do have an overlanding channel as well. So maybe they're just over there, um, over there, overlanding. But in, if you're over here, let us know if you've used kind of these extra batteries, whether it's EV or not, and what your experience has been. And if you've really considered the, you know, if you're, cause some folks prefer the hotter climates. Some folks love to go out in the winter. Like no matter what you're doing, there's something to consider about the, the environment that you're going to be in and the power that you need to mm, survive, get around, make sure that things are running. So very cool. Um, that battery chemistry, uh, and tell me a bit more. I know that there are like a lot of products there that you actually got to try out and see how this could enhance the overlanding experience. Of course, yeah. So once uh, we started to get on the trail, one important thing to do uh, and to keep track of when you're off-roading is, of course, your tire pressure. Lower mm -hmm. tire pressures, of course, on the road aren't great because that'll affect efficiency uh, and noise and a lot of stuff. However, when you're going off-roading, especially on some really like gnarly rock crawling stuff, you want to air down your tires to very low pressures because it will increase the contact patch and give you basically more traction. And frankly, this can be kind of an annoying thing to do if you have to go around to every tire and do that. But there was a product called Morflate that was brought along and essentially it's just a system that allows you to quickly air up and down all your tires at exactly the same time. So it's got a quick connect system. So they just pop right onto the valve stems and you can press whatever uh, air pressure that you need and press go and it'll inflate or deflate to the appropriate amount. And it's really quite quick. So that was huh. really nice and convenient. Yeah, that sounds really convenient. So you just all four tires at one time are getting the same treatment that, yeah, I'm sure that it's, it's not the biggest inconvenience, but if you can have a product that lets you just attack that quickly, and so you can just get to what you actually are trying to enjoy. Hmm, interesting. I haven't seen that before. I know that I've been at gas stations here and there, you know, adjusting my tire pressure and, um, yeah. I mean, to be able to do that quickly in general is, is nice. So, okay, super cool. What else did you see? Yeah, the next thing that brings me to was a lot of the tires. And one of the sponsors was Milestar Tires. And they make entry-level tires. They have a lot of different offerings. And they brought a lot of their different tires from on-road to off-road. Um, and they brought several different vehicles, modified, stock, uh, very capable, somewhat capable. 
And it was really interesting to see just all the different capabilities. And I was actually able to have an opportunity to talk with them and get a much deeper dive on understanding what goes into designing tires, especially how that relates to electric vehicles. And that interview is actually posted over on Out of Spec Guide. Oh, great. Yeah, folks can check that out for sure, because there is a different weight consideration, right? And the kind of pressure that's on the tires. So I'm sure that a lot of, you know, if they're looking to get into the EV space, the tire company should be considering that it is a different use case. So they were able to speak to that a bit. Interesting. I also saw, I think that you had um, some off-road suspension kits as well. Did those have anything? Can you tell me about that and how, if they were able to speak to the EV application as well? So the company that sponsored was Hellwig, and they offer a lot of different off-road suspension components. As of right now, they don't offer anything specifically for EVs, but it is definitely on their radar. Uh, something that really stood out was basically that they were able to turn vehicles that were pretty unruly and not super capable into something that was a lot more manageable. So one of the things that I heard about was uh, one of the companies, they have a big old Ford uh, van and they said it was just a nightmare to take to campgrounds and it was so difficult to control and it was bouncing everywhere. They installed a Hel Helwig uh, suspension and a sway bar and it was a lot more controlled, a lot easier to deal with. And from the vehicles that I was in that had that suspension, it felt extremely capable. Hmm. Cool. Nice. Um, I love that you got to see a lot of real world applications of these because I feel like at a show you can see technically and get the spiel and everything, but it's really cool that you got to see them in person. So what else caught your eye that you can tell me about? Well, we were off-roading for quite a while and once it started to get dark, uh, we got a pretty cool demonstration from Rigid Industries and they do a lot of lighting kits, uh, specifically some off-roading light lighting kits. And that was incredible because of course out in the middle of the woods, it's extremely dark, but these lights just lit up the entire road. And there was a lot of different capabilities and, uh, and uh, optimizations that they've done uh, for different applications. It was really cool to see how much work they've put in to figure out uh, what kind of lights will work for what kind of situations. And mm, okay, yeah. That was, that was really nice. And of course, once it's getting dark, that's getting toward the end of the day. And we wait, made it back to the campground. And we had uh, two very important uh, sponsors there, which were Hitchfire and Canyon Coolers. Hitchfire mm -hmm. offered basically a hitch-mounted uh, kitchen setup. So like a stove, cutting board, and it all stows away nicely into the hitch. And that was just extremely convenient. And that was actually uh, stowed on the hitch for several of the vehicles that we took off-roading. So very capable. You don't really have to worry too much about that. Additionally, as I mentioned, there were Canyon coolers, and of course, they create coolers. What I thought was particularly interesting was their designed use case. So they're intended to be used on Grand Canyon trips. Those aren't like a one to two day tri uh, trips. Those are one to two weeks or even more than that. So they've designed them to be able to handle that, to stay cool for weeks on end, as long as you use them the right way, which I thought was really interesting and pretty cool to see. Yeah, that's really impressive. Um, I, I, I would love to learn more about the technology for the coolers just because, yeah, to keep things cold. I mean, I've seen people use dry ice or, you know, of course, ice. But for those really long trips, 
it is quite the consideration. Like, are you going to have dry food? If you can carry the weight of a cooler, what cooler is going to work? And then I like the hitch fire that it is just on the hitch. I've seen so many build outs that have really cool, innovative stuff like drawers where you pull out your kitchen and it's coming out from a drawer from your personal DIY build out. But the hitch seems cool. Did the hitch stay on while you went overlanding? You didn't take it off? Or... That's right. It was it was stuck on there, and uh, actually, for one of the uh, events, they uh, pulled one of those out, and we had some uh, hot dogs cooked up while we were on the trail, which was really cool. And again, just demonstrated that it's a robust system and it's off road capable. It's ready to be uh, put on. You don't have to worry too much about that. Definitely. Um, and one thing that I've considered when I've been, you know, looking for BLM campsites and stuff, and I look at comments, they do comment a lot about the trailers, like if you have a trailer, maybe don't come here. Like the road is not friendly to you, or maybe it's trailer friendly. Did they have uh, like campers or trailer products or anything out there that you could speak to? Yeah. Lance Campers was one of the sponsors and they make a bunch of campers and trailers. They did show us some campers, but one of the things that I thought was most interesting was a new off-road trailer that they're offering. And it's a really cool system. It's got this really strong exoskeleton and it's also mounted on isolation bushings. So it helps isolate it from the trail. And when you're going over rocky ter terrain, getting to your campground, it's a, a lot more able to deal with that. And the entire cabin's not just being shaken to bits. Additionally, mm -hmm. it's only like 35, 4,500 pounds. So that opens it up to being towed by a ton of different vehicles. So very easily you could tow that with like a Rivian or an F-150 Lightning. Hmm, cool. And could you put your Optima battery on the trailer? That might be a bit tough, but <laughs> maybe, <laughs> yeah, I think you would have to double hitch on that. I don't think that would work, but okay. uh, I do think that it was a really cool, uh, especially the isolation mounts. I thought that was a really interesting and unique idea that I hadn't seen before. And another really great purpose-built tool uh, so that you can have some nicer amenities, a warm bed, a shower, all that kind of stuff when you're out on the trail. Right. So um, how long were you out at this event again? How many nights? I was there for two nights and three days. So wow. it was yeah. a lot of fun. And like I mentioned, it was up in Big Bear. So it actually got quite cold at night. And we had a bunch of different types of sleeping arrangements. Some people brought their own yeah. tents. There were rooftop campers, all these different things. And it was down into the 30s at night. And I heard a lot of people talking about, especially in tents and rooftop tents, they were so cold. Uh, they had their sleeping bags rated to zero degrees and they were still bundled up in several layers of cold and were still cold in the middle of the night. Um, but uh, really? another sponsor was actually Shift Pod, and that's where I got to spend the night. And they're basically like Ooh. an all-season heat reflective shelter, kind of think like an insulated tent. I thought it was very spacious, very comfortable. And one aspect that I thought was really nice was it's not completely blackout, but it did block out a ton of light, which was really nice. And, you know, it, it was <laughs> something that allowed you to sleep in a little bit more so you don't wake up at the crack of dawn. And right. Again, like I said, it was insulated. And even though it was really cold, I was so warm throughout the entire night. I ended up taking off layers in the middle of the night. And in the mornings, uh, I would wake up a little bit later than usual because, like I mentioned, there's 
a lot less light. I'd wake up mm. and it feels nice and warm and I can see the sun is out. I'm like, ah, you know, maybe I don't really need all my layers, even though I know, you know, it's Big Bear and it's early in the morning. But fortunately, nice. I decided to put on the layers because when I got out of the tent, it was like 35 degrees still. Uh, but I wouldn't have known inside the tent. I thought that was something that was really unique. I hadn't quite experienced something quite like that before. Definitely. I think that can be in general, something that pushes people away from camping, uh, like as a general thing, whether it's extreme, you know, overlanding or just camping is that the sleep aspect can be something that's hard to wrestle with. Like, how can I be comfortable? But it sounds like you were lucky enough to have not only well insulated so that you're warm, but like not super bright. Cause of course, yeah, camping does wake you up and maybe people uh, love waking up with the sunrise, but if you don't, you can really enjoy your sleep. So sounds like you lucked out on that one. And I love how it looked. Um, it did look really comfortable. So I'm glad you got to have that. And um, overall, it sounds like you had a fun experience and that overlanding in general is a huge popular uh, activity, recreational activity. There's a lot of products on the market and you got to see some of them come into play and put a bit of an EV spin on it because correct me if I'm wrong, but it wasn't fully EV focused, but more there was an EV you know, uh, sprinkle on there and you were asking the EV questions, but it's more of an overlanding focus. Is that right? That's, exact, that's exactly right. And my big takeaway was, of course, overlanding is a really awesome thing to do and a ton of people really enjoy it. There's already a ton of great products purpose built for that. And there's starting to be more and more products that are for EVs in that application. And it's becoming a lot more accessible for people who have EVs. Yeah, it sounds like it. Is there anything that you think uh, in general, whether it's a general approach for it for EVs or a specific kind of product gap that was there that you would be, you were like, hmm, well, something could fit in right here that doesn't exist right now, or at least that I'm not seeing on this event trip? Uh, I think the only thing I could think of would be potentially expanding the solar capabilities of the Optima tow-along battery. It might be tough to get a really big solar installation, but I think a little bit more power would be really nice and uh, allow even more flexibility. Mm, yeah, more power for sure. I know I have this small uh, solar panel that folds open. It's maybe like the size of two pieces of paper or something, and it can charge, you know, a little remote battery. But that kind of just little bit of energy on the on a trip like that where you just can charge your phone or charge a GPS or whatever it is really makes a difference. And just thinking about, okay, if you're not just using a backpack where you can hang this little solar panel, but you have all of this other space that you're bringing along with you, it's overlanding. Typically, you know, you have your whole setup that you can really take advantage of a lot of that, that space. And um, yeah, solar panels, more solar panels in general, I think is interesting, but yeah, you do have to make sure that you can, you, you do have space to utilize and, you know, it's more weight and everything, but Okay. Yeah. And so, may, yeah, sounds like an overall, like I said, good experience. Sounds like it was fun. Um, uh, some days out overlanding and that it is opening up the space more to EVs. So really cool. Thanks for coming on and telling me about it. I hope you get to go on more experiences. Was this your first overlanding experience? Yeah, I've done some light off-roading before, but this was my first uh, real serious overlanding and some really serious off-roading. Yeah. What do you think? Do, would you do it again? Oh, absolutely. It was a ton of fun, and it, anyone who has not done it yet, I highly recommend trying to go out and do it. It's it's a blast. Okay, awesome. Yeah, folks, let us know. Are you an overlanding fan? 
Is it not really your style? What are the things that you must have? What are the gaps that you see that uh, products could come in? And what do you think about all the stuff that Ryan got to see? Let us know in the comments and hope you enjoyed. Thanks again, Ryan, for coming on to the Out of Spec podcast. Hope to have you on again soon to share some experience or interesting uh, data collection that you've done. And please tune in again to the Out of Spec podcast. We will see you next time. Have a great day. Great seeing you. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.